Hello, and welcome to, to the, the Macaw Podcast universe. universe. This is the podcast where we analyze franchises, sequels, universes. Not, not sequels. We go three or... It's got to be three or more. Well, yeah, but that oh, would well, include sequels. Sequels, okay, sequels are anything after one. I thought you meant just two... No, no, no. Like I'm, I just mean we're analyzing series and uh, in movies, and we're uh, trying to see how they work, how they uh, integrate with one another, if they're good, if they're bad. And we are returning now back to our first series that we've been tackling. So we did phase one, then we took a break and did Mad Max. Phase one of what? Of Marvel, the cinematic universe, that is. And uh, now we're back, and we're kicking it off with the first of phase two, which is Iron Man 3. And a quick shout out to Anthony, our producer, for making such a great theme song. Yes, that, yes. Because we recorded most of these episodes. Besides this, this is like the first episode we're recording. After the podcast has come out. Yes. So we have not heard the theme song until now, and we love it. Yeah, so big thanks to Anthony. It's it's very cool. Yes. It's it's uh, it's way different than I thought he was going to do. Me but too. I, I, I love, love it. it. I love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the the table is we got to set the table a little bit cuz it's been a while. So this is Marvel's 7th movie in this series and the last one was Avengers and I don't think that this has happened yet, but I I distinctly remember there being kind of a couple of years this this moment where people were like, "Okay, I think this is kind of the end of the superhero era oh okay and i don't i just don't remember the time yeah not not that people were saying it's it's over but but they were i I heard a lot the the whole thing of well someday the superhero genre is gonna fall because it's the same as westerns they were huge in the 50s and 60s Hmm. and then they fell yeah and so um that was kind of being talked about a little bit okay uh and i think it really hits home in the next couple of years yeah and then guardians kind of flips it all on its head which we'll get to when we get there um but this movie i think is kind of one of a, a contributing factor to the the superhero fatigue this is my own opinion Never heard of it compared to westerns that's kind of mind-blowing yeah um but the the thing is that superhero movies aren't like restricted to a time period or like a look yeah i guess that's you true know? so because I think I've heard that a lot. You don't think they're constricted to a look? No, I mean I think I think they tend to be a certain look, but they don't have to. I mean, look at Spider Verse. Um, okay. Even look at movies that are outside of the MCU; they look pretty different. Or as we saw last night, even though it wasn't good, I mean, Brightburn was much different, and that's a that's a spin on a superhero. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I it just kind of seems like maybe that wasn't true because also. Years before Iron Man, there was the X Men, which were pretty popular, and Spider Man, which was huge. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that that's a great analogy. I also feel like it's too early to make that call because westerns yeah. were around for so long before they kind of died off, and yeah. it, we're only on the seventh movie of this of this specific franchise. And they're yeah. already saying that that's a little like jumping the gun. I think I think uh, Ultron is where that was like okay, this is definitely gonna like simmer down hmm. and it's it is funny watching it because you know two months ago uh endgame came out and it's maybe by the time this episode's come this episode comes out it might be the highest grossing movie ever made yeah so hopefully it's it, yeah crossed. it's it's very interesting um do you want me to just hop in so you want to go first 
yes. I'm, but you jump in when I say certain names. Because I got like Shane Black, but I don't have any of his credits or oh, anything. Oh, I got Mr. Black. Okay, because uh, we got Iron Man 3. That's the movie. Uh, it's May 3rd, 2013 when this movie comes out. And this movie's nominated for Best Visual Effects, but it doesn't win. Do you know what won that year? 2013? 2013. Did The Dark Knight Rises come out in 2012? Yep. Okay, then no. Well, this one was a, a huge hitter at the Oscars that year. I believe it won six Oscars, and it was... Don't say... Have I seen it? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. The filmmaker also directed a Harry Potter movie. Big giveaway. Oh, it's uh, Gravity. Gravity okay. wins best visual effects. Okay, that makes sense. Um, And then this one is directed by Shane Black, which leads me to you. Okay, so Shane Black... Has been around the block. He's Most been more as a writer than a director. Yes. He has directed. I'm going to start with director. Okay. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 2005. First movie he directed. Still have never seen it. That's his first. Yes. And that is that teams him with Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense. Which why leads they into work his together. second directed movie, Iron Man three. That's his second, huh? I'll verify. But then no, he, no, you're right. You're right because I remember. Um, looking at his filmography a while ago and very small like, for directing yeah then you have nice guys a movie i couldn't finish it was so boring and then a lot of people love that movie i don't thought it was so boring but it might be worth a rewatch i don't know um then you have the predator that came out last 2018 year. yeah um writing though he is mr lethal weapon yeah did he write all four yes Wow, and he sold. Uh, he was 22 years old when he sold the first that script. Wow, and then you know I'm reading trivia and like we were just talking about. Sometimes I feel like people just put that there because, like, they've just kind of fabricated it or it's a rumor. Yeah, but I, I did read something that like at some point in his career he he like went on a little hiatus because of the pressure of writing because he became like the biggest writer oh, I'm pretty sure, of Hollywood. I think I've heard that, yeah. And I think part of it was because he's like, I don't think he's like, I'm just done writing action. That's like all I'm known for. That's all people mm -hmm. want from me. So I think he took a little bit of a break yeah. at one point because it was just the, the pressure of that expectation. Interesting. Um, But he also has a writing credit for Last Action Hero. Are you going to hit his like first writing credit? Lethal Weapon. Because he did Predator. Oh, maybe the, I the, just skipped it. The but. original Predator, he's either one or two of the writers, and he's in the movie as well. Um, I mean, I'm going to look again because I don't remember seeing it. And that that's like what gets him his start. So, and then I believe it's a Lethal Weapon after that. Um, but one thing, as Jordan's looking this up, the thing to note about his movies are he's super good at like the buddy aspect of the movies. Um, he doesn't have a writing credit for that. Really? Not on IMDb. It's Lethal Weapon, The Monster Squad, Lethal Weapon 2. Man, I I messed up. I believe he's in the movie, though, because he has like some sort of attachment to... Yeah, he's to acting credits. Credits. <laughs> um, he has an attachment to Predator, which yeah, is... Yeah, he's Hawkins and Predator. Okay. I don't know who that is. He is... Uh, he's one of the commandos. Um... Because so I remember, involved. like, part of him directing and writing this new Predator movie, there was an excitement because it's like, oh, he was involved in the original. I mean, he was involved. Yeah. So, um, but the the thing about his movies is uh, a lot of them take place during Christmas. Iron Man three, no exception. Um, and he's he's really good at the quippy and buddy element, mm -hmm. and he also is 
very good at writing detective stories because mm-hmm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, detective. Okay. The Lethal Weapon movies, all like detective police movies. Nice guys. Nice guys. And then this movie is, which I'm sure we'll get into more, but watching this after watching all these movies, it's pr- a pretty fascinating movie because mm-hmm. it's, um, it is kind of a little bit of a detective noir story. And there's like, it's not, it's not too much into the noir elements. But think it's on a larger scale. Yeah, but it has a... It, it's like if you put it as... If you switched Iron Man to Batman, it just makes sense. The world's greatest detective. Because he's like trying to figure out this terrorism stuff. And um, and there's a switcheroo with the villain. And all this... And the plot is so convoluted. But that's like how but that not genre confusing. works. Uh, you know? It's you... saying it's convoluted is true but it's also like it's not hard to follow yeah but i don't mean it convoluted in a negative sense i I know i know i'm just saying that um but anyway so it's a it's interesting how unique this movie is to the 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 franchise as a larger whole yeah um but anyway uh did you have more on him no okay um this one is sole producer we got kevin feige we got the man himself uh, we got screenplay by Drew Pierce, who wrote um, uh, Hotel Artemis and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Already like the guy. And also Shane Black wrote it yeah. as well. Uh, we got uh, Brian Tyler on music, uh, Eagle Eye, Fast and Furious. Um, cinematographer, John... Is Eagle Eye a good movie? I have not seen think? either of those movies. Even Is it Eagle Eye the Shia LaBeouf movie? Yes. I, I remember liking it. it. I wonder what I think now. <laughs> uh, cinematography, we got John Toll, and this is uh, Tropic Thunder, Breaking Bad, Thin Red Line. So they hired a very good cinematographer. The movie does look really good. It looks great. Very gritty. Very gritty, yes. We got uh, distributed by Marvel Studios, and then production budget. Now the budgets are starting to get high on these movies. So this one is $200 million. <laughs> Okay. Um, and then domestically, the movie makes four hundred nine million thirteen thousand nine hundred ninety four dollars. Worldwide, the movie makes a billion two hundred fourteen million eight hundred eleven thousand two hundred fifty two dollars. So, anytime a movie can cross a billion, I mean, there's only like I think like twenty movies that have crossed a billion or something like that. Okay. It's below fifty. I okay. know it's below fifty. So. So it was a hit. You're saying it's a huge hit. Um. And then I noticed, so we talked about in the previous one how Paramount had a, had the distributing rights and yeah. then Disney bought um, bought it and came in a little bit late to the game. But um, anyway, th- this movie, there was a conflict between Paramount and Walt Disney. Um, and Walt it, Disney himself? And and Walt, yeah. Yeah, his cryogenically frozen head uh, was was in the Wild. jar like in Futurama and yeah. he was given the orders. Um, but there was, there was a conflict and so it, it, um, I think they had to push the movie back or like they had to change the timing and so. Was it like distribution rights or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, um, October 18th, 2010, Disney agreed to pay Paramount, um, I have in my notes at least 115 million for distribute distribution rights. So, Hmm. but they still have the logo on the movie because. I'm wondering when the Paramount logo goes away because it's it's on. I don't think it was on Avengers, but it's in the others, and then it's in this movie. But I think from here on out, we get no more Paramount logos. It's all Marvel and Disney, and all they do is just the Marvel logo. 
They don't have anything else. Honestly, I don't even think about that stuff. That's why I, I th- you're a production guy. Oh, well, I think it's so fascinating. It's it's also funny. Um, it's it's kind of cool and it's clean when you watch a Marvel movie because it's just like Marvel. The ten years the movie starts, it's awesome. And then you watch a movie like Brightburn, which I found out the pr- the production was six million on that movie, which is Dang. kind of crazy. Um, how that that's when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, okay, how much did Elizabeth Banks make? Right, because she's like a big actress, and then I she w- wasn't the only one I recognized. Right, I wonder if they do like, you know, maybe she gets paid. Um, she gets like a, some like points or credits. Oh yeah, so, like that she kid's gets... an Endgame, by the way. Right, he's Ant Man's little. Um... He's a little version of Ant Man. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, but this I don't want to talk about Brightburn. Yeah, goodness. Um, but but that movie had I don't know it was. I think it was five or six logos at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is just like, oh, my gosh. But a lot of times, the smaller the budget, the more logos you're going to see. Definitely. Because they have to go to, through a lot more studios. Um, so John Favreau directed the previous two Iron Man movies. And he didn't want to... He, did, he opted to not direct this movie because he was going to direct Magic Kingdom. Have you heard of this? I mean, I read about that. What is Magic Kingdom again? So Magic Kingdom is a section in Disney World. Yeah. And so the idea behind this movie, it was gonna be That's a, the like the animals, right? Yeah. Kay. No, that's Animal Kingdom. Magic Magic oh. Kingdom is Disney World like what Disneyland is, but in Disney World, what they call it. I've never It has I the castle understand. and all that stuff. Okay. So like Fantasyland? No, it no, it's like it's like everything that Disneyland because Disney World is like eight times the size of Disneyland. Yeah. So take the Disneyland park, put it in Disney World and the whole park, and that is uh Magic Kingdom. Then you I, have what's Animal the movie? Kingdom. So the movie <laughs> the movie is it's night at the museum in Disney with like the Disney characters coming to life. And how come it was never made? I don't know. Because I'm kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds interesting. Um and then writer Shane and Drew Pierce wanted to focus less on. Oh yeah. So wait, what if Lion King comes out? <laughs> and it and it's just Magic Kingdom. And they like zoom out, yeah. and there's like these kids with a. Oh, that would be. I, I would go see it. Then. Me too. Um, so Shane Black and Drew Pierce wanted to focus on less magic and space and more technology and real world. Love in it. This movie. I feel like that's especially perfect for Iron Man. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and this, they wanted to avoid scenes of exposition. And then I have a couple of like longer things to say, and then I can shut up for a while. Um, so I found this interview on Uproxx. Okay. Uh, and I thought it was really fascinating. It's with Shane Black, the director. Um, so the interviewer says, Rebecca's Hall character does have an abrupt ending. And he says, all I'll say is this. On the record, there was an early draft of Iron Man 3 where we had an inkling of a problem, which is that we had a female character who was the villain in the draft. Talking about Rebecca Hall. Um, we had finished the script, and we were given a no-holds-barred memo saying that cannot stand, and we've changed our minds because after consulting, we've decided that toys won't sell as well if it's a female. And then the interviewer says, what? And he says, so we had to change the entire script because of toy making. Now, that's not Feige, that's Marvel corporate, but now you don't have that problem anymore. And then the interviewer says, Ike Paramuter is gone, I don't know who that is, but he says, Shane Black says, yeah, like Ike's gone, but New York called and said, that's money out of our bank. In the earlier draft, the woman was essentially Killian, the Guy Pierce character. Okay. And they didn't want a female Killian, they wanted a male Killian, 
I like the idea, like a, a movie I haven't seen as well, Remington Steel. You think it's the man, but at the end, the woman has been running the whole show. They just said, no way. Um, and then the interviewer says, I like the Remington Steel comparison. That would have been great. And he says, I remember Remington Steel probably better than it is, but just so you know, too, I'm a Kevin Feige fan. If you ever say anything about decisions made at Marvel, I hope you'll qualify it by saying that Kevin Feige is the guy who gets it right. And I don't know if it was Ike. I don't know who it was. They never told me who made the decision. We just got that memo one day, and it was about toy sales. That's all I know. Whoa. Whoa, is, is that buddy. Not wild? That's crazy. So because of toy sales, Rebecca Hall's character is not the bad guy in the movie. I mean, she's like sort of bad, but she's not the main bad guy. That was his idea, is that she would be behind all of it. That's... So they what, had so to like, rewrite Is it. it just like people aren't going to want to buy a toy villain that's a woman? That's what the toy company said. Okay, I don't really <laughs> know what to say to that. I know, I know, it's weird. And then... Um, Why can't a woman be a villain? What's wrong with that? I, I don't know. It won't sell as a toy, apparently. That's what is wrong with it. Okay. Um, uh, next thing. And then finally, this is my last note. Um, this is another quote, uh, I believe, from Shane Black. Um, Invariably, we choose... This is about um, um, the, the how they uh, did this, the suit in Iron Man 3. Because it's kind of progressed. They started a little more practical with right. fewer CGI and then more CGI. So this one, he says... Invariably, we'd shoot a soft suit with Robert. Then we'd also put tracking markers on his trousers. He would also wear lifts in his shoes or be up in a box so he'd be the correct height. Iron Man is 6'5". What? Yeah. Wait. Oh, sorry. Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Tony Stark, <laughs> you're, you're telling me that this whole time you're trying to convince me that Tony Stark is 6'5". No, no, no. When it, Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> is taller than him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so then during shooting, we use multiple witness cams, Canon C3000s, 300s, excuse me, and we had two or three running whenever there was an Iron Man or extremist character. So. Okay. Kind of cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all my production notes, and that's all the time we have, so thanks. Oh, that's not true, because <laughs> I spent too much time looking at people's filmographies. This is perfect, because I'm move- parched. Okay, because this movie has new characters, obviously, but like these new characters have already had quite an extensive career beforehand. And I'm not talking about the people we've talked about in the last two movies. So I'm starting with like Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty, I just had to pick and choose because he's been in so much stuff. Right. A lot of it back then I feel like was like Australian stuff. Yeah. And then like the first thing I noticed was <laughs> a movie called dating the enemy in 1996, which is a body switching movie. Oh wow. So I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Freaky it. Friday. And then... Everyone heard those two burps. Dang it. <laughs> Don't even try to get and away then, from those two burps. A year after that, 1997, he's in LA Confidential. And then in the year 2000, he's in Rules of Engagement and Memento. Yeah. Memento, I feel like really... I, mean, I feel like he was already popular at this point, but I feel like Memento really... Mm-hmm. Like makes pe- like people are intrigued by him. Yeah. And then you have Count Monte Cristo, which I don't remember him. Yeah, he's the bad guy. I that's uh, that's the, the first once. movie I saw him in. Um, he's the guy who takes his name and like takes his girl, and I then just he remember comes back to get him. Who's the guy? Um, uh, Jim Caviezel. That's all I remember is that guy. That's a good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. And a then lot. he's in Hurt Locker in two thousand eight, The Road in two thousand nine. He's in King. He's in The Road. Yeah. 
the more the Mor- Morgan uh, Morgan Freeman the uh, he's not Vigo me- Mortensen movie. Yes. Wow, I don't remember him in that. Me neither, but he's in it. He's probably a bad guy. Uh, yeah, um, and then he's in King's Speech and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark in the year 2010, and then after that is Prometheus and Lawless in 2012, and then you have Iron Man three. So I, I kind of find interesting is like. Iron Man 3, I just feel like, is just another footnote in his career. It didn't really, like... People already loved Guy Pierce, Yeah. Which I think is a pretty good casting choice for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could argue that he is um, the prequel to his character in Prometheus. Yeah. We did argue that. Yeah. And we're probably right. Yeah. No, we are. So then uh, Rebecca Hall... Um, who we were talking about previously? She's the one who was in a, who was in the very beginning of the movie in Switzerland in that flashback with Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. Um, she's had a pretty good career as well. I did find interesting that most of the movies she's in are terribly rated. Really? Yeah. I mean, she's also in like, yeah, no, just like very terribly or mediocre rated. So my highlights of her: Prestige, The Town, and Everything Must Go. Have you seen Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell? No. 2010 movie and then she's i had to put transcendence in 2014 yeah it is the year after what a terrible movie yeah i hate that movie um and then ben kingsley who is the mandarin also just a guy that has such a prolific career even before like well before this movie um he's in a lot of british tv early on in his career what really put him on the map i'm assuming is gandhi which he won the oscar for in mm-hmm. 1982 and then he's in schindler's list 1993 species 1995 i guess he's in artificial intelligence his voices it just said specialist voice huh. so i don't know and then he's in lucky number 11 the love guru in 2008 oh woof and then in 2010, he's in, in Shuttered Island and Prince of Persia. And then in 2011, he's in Hugo, which I did not know, but I've also not seen it. Okay. And then Iron Man's his next one? And then that's in 2011. He, he's he been in stuff like before that, but nothing that I thought was of note. Nothing notable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll save this other thing for last, but yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's who you're hitting up on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I thought those were just the most important okay so should we dive into the movie then sure um let me pull up my note so i this movie opens with i'm blue abba dee abba die Mm -hmm. because they're trying to say it's 1999 and i mean they are literally trying to say that because it is 1999 um so uh it does that and then we we have we have a a sequence that shows um Tony partying, Happy's there. We meet Rebecca Hall. We meet um, Guy Pierce, and Guy Pierce wants to like. He's this crazy looking scientist, and he's like, "I want to work with you." But he wants to. He he is a fan of Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Oh, originally, that's right. That's right. Originally, but I think he also like knows Tony, who Tony Stark is. Mm-hmm. But he's impressed with what she's doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that Robert Downey Jr.'s narrating sort of throughout the movie yeah well you remember why well yeah because of the end but like i just think it's an interesting choice yeah because uh i think it's more of a mood setter it doesn't really do anything you you could take the narration out and i it doesn't affect the story no but i think it affects the mood it's not what you just said yes well i because um 
because this movie's about him like yes becoming iron man so, so you're in his head the theme. so i kind of yeah. like that and it's I'm not also, like against it. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's also like the trope of like a detective story. Like mm-hmm. the detective narrates. So, but they do it in a lesser because they don't want it to be. It's like three times throughout the movie. That's it. Yeah, and then at you know the post credit scene, you see him and Bruce, and he's been telling Bruce the story, Bruce Banner, and he's he fell asleep during it. And the interesting trivia thing that I found, uh, a different post credit scene that they were originally going to do. Oh, what one. was it? The post credit scene was originally meant to have Tony Stark blasting off into space to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Whoa. Iron Man was going to have a cameo role in Guardians of the Galaxy, an oh. homage to his being the Guardians' latest member in the comics, I guess. Um, but this those things didn't happen. I know. But this was scrapped when Robert Downey said he may not reprise his role as Tony Stark in the future. <laughs> that he said that yeah i mean you know, some part of that it's like is it how much is it that part yeah true? yeah but, uh, yeah but i mean i mean he is probably thinking i've been in an avengers movie and three iron man movies how much more of these am i getting and then do? they just keep giving him paychecks <laughs> um so there's there's some good stuff here uh what what do we want to talk about plot wise in this movie well because there's a lot what's to the cover, importance so. so they show the, what's the importance of them showing the flashback with rebecca hall um you see that what she what she's working on i'm a little muddy on that but like she's working on modifying genes and she's like using genes. it and you see a plant and like happy messes up the plant and it regenerates it like grows back the leaves immediately uh-huh. um then it explodes and he tackles robert downey jr while he's getting down with rebecca hall which very is kind funny. of funny but then in the morning after their night of love uh if you can even call it that tony writes an equation on the back of a like a thing that is supposed to help her issue because she's been having issues with her work mm-hmm. and he wrote her an equation that i think made it work yes um well so, to a degree to a degree we find out it doesn't quite work yes right oh, um, i didn't realize that the plant explodes and the people explode as well mm-hmm. i didn't put that together yeah that ma- that makes it cooler that's cool yeah so then going to the present um you have iron man who is through conversations he has he just has been like tinkering away on new suits and he just has dozens and dozens of new suits and a lot of it is he can't just stop working on stuff and you uh, you realize because he has a conversation with don Cheadle. i know i'm skipping over some stuff but like he has anxiety severe anxiety and ptsd from avengers because aliens were introduced in avengers and i think it's interesting that they touch on it they're like there are now uh extraterrestrial yeah, beings like, in the equation his whole thing um is that is well and and uh, this kind of touches into like a later thing i was gonna do but but this goes right along with what you're saying is he, he is so obsessed with control yes so for him in every movie he reaches a point where it's out of control and he finds value in different things. We'll cover that in tracking the arc. But he's looking and he's finding out that there's aliens and that life is not out like is out there and he he, does, he needs to like protect the earth and pepper. And most of all pepper. Yes, yeah. And so he's losing control. Yeah. And so he's anxious and he there's that great scene where him and Don Cheadle are at the bar. Mhm. And the kids come up and they're like, Iron Man, Iron Man, can you sign this? And they drew a picture of him dr- driving that um, 
like that missile up into the or and, yeah the nuclear bomb up into the wormhole in avengers mm. and he freaks out and he writes help me susan or whatever the little girl's name is like on mm. accident and the crayon breaks and i mean downey always brings it in this movie but that moment when the crayon breaks and he's like i broke the crayon yeah and then he freaks out yeah and oh man that's when you're like, this is a good movie. Yeah, they're dealing with really interesting stuff, which they, with Iron Man, they just continue to deal with interesting stuff. Iron Man 1 is about business. Mm-hmm. And then, Iron and yeah, Iron Man 2 is about people trying to weaponize his work and him trying to not do that, like to steer it away from weaponizing yeah. and potentially creating war. You know, because of his research. Then you have Iron Man 3 where, like you said, it's just this is be- it becomes more personal every time. Yeah. Um, so then to backtrack a little bit. Yes. Um, Don Cheadle, who was War Machine, um, recently got like a new brand for his Iron yeah. Man suit. Um, and it's like red, white, and blue now. And I think that's interesting that they showed like newscasters talking about like, oh, yeah, so they painted it and he's still not supposed to be threatening. Yeah, and they changed it. So he was called War Machine, and then they're rebranded. I like this idea. I love yeah. when superheroes, kind of like the Tick Show, yeah, um, they like take everyday practical ideas, um, because you know the, the superhero is such a big idea. But yeah. to but to go like if this really existed in the real world, and there was a guy named War Machine, of, and he worked for the military, of course they would do studies to find out like what he should be called. And like yeah, like contr- his like suit. focus groups, yeah. And so the fact that they're like, oh, we're calling him the Iron Patriot now because it tests better in focus groups. And the whole movie, like Don Cheadle's kind of like, no, I really like like the, that that name. And Robert Downey's like, that's stupid. Yeah, War Machine's way better. And I, I like that kind of stuff. Really, that that grounds um, fantasy more to me than. Uh, like physics and science you know yeah I, that kind of stuff is more a little more interesting well to like me. like in iron man 2 when he's at that press conference no it's not a press conference but all of those oh the hearing the, like, the hearing, Congress hearing where they're that. like dem- like basically like demanding him to give them what he has created for combat right it's like the government's involved every time yeah and it's it's like why wouldn't the government be involved yeah because totally. it's people's lives are threatened now Right. Just by the by, the fact that these things exist, they're threatened, uh, potentially. Right. Um. Yeah. So then, um, Pepper. Meanwhile, for this, she CEO of Stark Industries. Um, Happy is now also the head of security of Stark Industries, and uh, she has a meeting with Killian, whatever his name is, who is Guy Pierce. Yeah. Um, and from the beginning of the movie the flashback he is like super nerd like really gross hair he's even wearing glasses he's got a limp he he's kind of they paint him as a loser what he has a limp yeah yeah which is interesting yeah i didn't catch that that is even cooler because we find out later in the movie that he has used the the genetic a modifier mm-hmm. so his limp is gone now yeah cause because he's like his perfect. genes are no not perfect but he yeah he that's is, so he's cool. physically better so he's in pepper's office with her and he looks Ugh, great he looks suave good. he's he's i mean he's guy pierce at the top of his game he's guy pierce at the top of his game so he's trying to pitch to her um 
I don't know. Using this this technology, and she is concerned that it will be weaponized, which yes. again is good good series. I mean, the Iron Man series. We're going, yeah, this is really good because they're they're carrying ideas that have been in the other two movies, and they're not betraying them. So it makes yes. sense that Gwyneth Paltrow or Pepper Potts is worried that something would be weaponized, like in Iron Man two, they wanted to weaponize his suit. So. All of this stuff is checking out as far as yes. the world that they've built. Yeah, so she she says no. Um, and then beyond that, so she gets home. This is Christmas time. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. bought her a, a giant stuffed stuffed rabbit. That's yeah. around the same time, right? Yeah, I think something so. Like that. And that's when they kind of have a conversation of like, he's like, I can't sleep. I can't do anything but work because I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Yeah. Um, and, and he's just anxious about like, this like PTSD. Yes. And they, they show that they're sleeping and he is having a dream and he, one of the Iron Man suits he created, he doesn't have to be inside of it to operate it. And it like, it like Pepper's trying to wake up Tony, but the suit comes and like braces her as if she, cause it's as like, she's attacking the suit him. was triggered. Like it might be, she might be attacking him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, so yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. I can't remember. Well, it, they just, you know, you're just seeing that he, he, even his work now is becoming like, uh, paranoid. Yeah. And, and his, the things he's creating are not like what they should be. Cause he, he's not, he's not functioning well. He's not well in this movie. No. Um, and then, and then somewhere in there, there's, there's, uh, oh, we're introduced to, well, the Mandarin. Yeah. This is like, yeah. Going on throughout the whole first act. Yeah, and we're seeing footage of this terrorist, and he talks kind of like this. And and the way Ben Kingsley chose to talk with Love this it. character, amazing. Yeah. You're like, man, this guy's really, really freaky. And um, again, setting the stage a little bit, and I, I looked this up today, the Mandarin is Iron Man's arch nemesis. Okay. So people are going into this movie, especially Iron Man fans, and they're going... This is like, this is like the Green Goblin to Spider Man, the Joker to Batman. Like we're seeing, the Mandarin interesting versus, versus Iron Man. So they're very, very excited, bated breath. They can't wait for the showdown, and then we'll get back to that. But I'm just trying to plant the seeds of like what the the nerd culture was feeling at the time. Yeah. So what? What's, because this movie gets a lot of backlash. Yeah, that makes sense now. So like the he's a lot of um bombings are going on throughout the world and there's no trace of what the bomb is yeah who's doing it um and the mandarin is claiming responsibility yeah for all of these bombings and and the footage is kind of reminiscent of like those old osama bin laden footages yes that we saw when we were kids oh i don't well, like on the news when he would be like, I'm still after you, America, and stuff like that. Did you not see that my stuff? My parents probably didn't oh, yeah. want us to watch it. Yeah, I, it had that vibe to it. It's, yeah. It was, it's kind of unsettling. Yeah, so, it is. They do a really good job of like subliminal messaging. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's a terrorist. I guess we can say that simply. Yeah. Um. So Iron Man, or Tony, is also trying to figure out what what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Like he he's trying he's doing his own research to see who is, I mean he knows it's the Mandarin but like who is the one bombing? Yeah, well and, the, and then there is the bombing, where, where Happy has been following this guy. Yes, 
and the man takes some stuff and he explodes. Yes. And Happy survives. But then at that point, these reporters are pressuring Tony and he's like, you know what? Here's my address, 399 Malibu Way. Mandarin, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Did he say kill you? Yeah. Oh. So he says something along those lines. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think he says kill. Did I skip anything you were saying? No. Okay, because then, then they're back at the house, and that's when the Mandarin attacks his house well, and starts shooting missiles. Before at that it. happens, Rebecca Hall shows up, and this is the first time Tony has seen yeah. her since 1999 in Switzerland. Yeah. So it's like, how in the world? I mean, of course, she found him because he broadcasted his address, but yeah. like. What are you doing here? She's trying to explain. Pepper's also trying to get them to leave because he just compromised their house. Yeah. And uh, as they're arguing, there is a missile coming towards the house. Yeah. Which Very is, intense, cool sequence. Well, and one of the my favorite parts is these missiles start hitting his house, which is kind of overlooking the ocean. Mm-hmm. And he, the whole movie he's been, or not the whole movie, but earlier he'd been, uh, working on this new technology where he could command yes his suit to appear to him or go places and so he like it's all slow motion and it's really dusty because things are blowing up and he shoots his suit to Gwyneth Paltrow and it catches her slow motion in the air and then he gets like just enough so that he's not hurt that is so cool yeah and this whole very sequence well is done. just like Gwyneth Paltrow is in a suit and she's like trying to help um, Rebecca Hall get out of the house while yeah. Tony is like trying to figure this out. And they do a really good job in the sequence to to show panic. Yeah. Because there's not there's not one moment of them of them being able to take a breath of fresh air. Like they just keep shooting and shooting and shooting the house and to the point where the house is falling off the cliff with Tony in with it. With Tony. Even when he has his Iron Man suit on, suit on, he's like being pinned on the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's kind of a panic attack to watch it. Yeah. But it's so well done. Yeah. And and then the, the whole thing, he, you know, he gets pinned at the bottom of the ocean and then his suit like uncouples mm-hmm. and grabs him. Like this, his hand, like his glove grabs him and pulls him out like he yeah. helps himself it's so cool yeah um and then immediately uh because earlier he was doing research on the mandarin bombings mm-hmm. and he directed a flight path to a certain place in tennessee um the suit just takes him there yeah and he's he's passed out at this point and he's so he has no control over where it's going so he wakes up in tennessee yeah, right tennessee um and it was. It's. I like the the, the change up because it's definitely it's a call to Act Two. We're now in Act Two. Yeah. And even as me like me watching, it's like, why is he in Tennessee again? But immediately, it's like Jarvis is telling him like, and, this and is Jarvis the- is powering down. The suit's losing. Yeah. Power. So he has no way to get back. Tony has no way to get back. And he doesn't want to get back because he'll die if he gets back or kill Pepper Potts mm-hmm. by by just being around because he threatened Mandarin. Yes. Um. And then he meets the kid from Jurassic World, and um, they they have fun together, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, this this is all this is good. Um, they they just oh oh I just forgot to say there was a sequence earlier 
that just where he's investigating the crime scene virtually. Yeah. That Happy was at. And it's really cool. And it reminds me of playing the Arkham Knight video games. Um, and that's just cool. Just a side note. I just think that's a really cool. And if they, they more stuff like that should happen in movies. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but we're in Tennessee. Um, and I think it's smart to take Iron Man into a rural area where he is forced to not use his suit. Yes. He only he can only use just invest into his investigative skills. Uh-huh. And the reason why he is taken to this small town in Tennessee is because a bombing had happened at this town. Yeah. Um so he finds this he comes across this kid. This kid takes him to the site. And the the site is so interesting cuz it's you know they know who did the bombing. It was like this ex-military guy, but like it was a shock. Yeah. Right? So like and the the site the memorial of the site i really thought it was really well done like all of the victims shadows are burned into the wall yeah and because that's of when the explosion the, oh sorry oh go ahead that's when the kid says um be, because uh uh iron man says to the kid he goes so there's five shadows but including the bomber there were six people and the kid goes well there's a rumor at town that the shadows are the souls going up of, to the, heaven. of the innocents that are going up to heaven and the bomber doesn't have a soul. So he went to hell. Yeah. And that's why a shadow's not there. But it's also very cool, detective, that's the clue. Yes. And that's when he starts kind of figuring out like this is a person that's like exploding. Yes. And, and also he has another panic attack which i think they had assumed a long time ago that this was a suicide bombing situation but there just were no traces of a bomb yeah and that so they couldn't even figure out what like the beginning of a technology to investigate into yeah so tony meets up with the the bomber's mom and she has a file on him and um as he's there and talking to her he's realizing that she didn't come here to meet him someone had like someone else was coming to meet her so this, oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, because he... That makes sense. He, remember at the end of their conversation, kind of, he he's like, you're not here for me, are you? Just by, the, like, the way she was talking. That makes... That makes the way I she think was I was a little confused in that scene, because I think I, like, got some water or something during that scene. Yeah, you don't get water during a detective movie. No, I didn't. I just I was trying to cover for the fact that I missed something. <laughs> okay. So this, this woman comes up claiming to be from Homeland Security, and then she immediately just starts killing people. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, so she's not. And she is kind of on fire, like her skin is getting really bright, like the guy who bombed yeah. the other bomber. And it, I, I'm not a fan of the design of the fire people no i like the idea i wish there was a different way to show it that wasn't i wish there was a like a practical way to do it because i think it just looks kind of bad yeah um i'm also just kind of like i don't care it's a superhero movie so you kind of that's kind of what you get yeah but you again i always think of this when i want to do like practical stuff but if there was like a cool like john carpentery kind of effect yeah i don't know what it would be um I don't know. I feel like you could make someone, or or maybe even if they, um, you know that you know that uh, when you put like a flashlight behind your ear or in your mouth and mm-hmm. you turn red, mm-hmm. like maybe if they made it look like that. I thought that's what they were trying to do, but they did. I, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know a fix for that one. Yeah, um, we'll have to ask the FX the the CGI artists on that YouTube channel about it. There you go. Let's do that. Hey guys, 
how would you make it better (laughs) um so yeah so then she's trying to get tony because obviously she knows one that he's tony stark also he's on her their trail yeah just trying to eliminate him um this all has like a very terminator she gets eliminated (laughs) and then that other guy who's like guy pierce's right hand guy is also there but he gets away yeah he gets away he gets away um but yeah this all feels very terminator to me which is kind of fun yeah and especially him being like from the 80s like shane black it, it there's something about like the sensibilities of the town and the action sequence in that set piece in particular that's very um 80s but, yeah but not in a not yeah, in a get, yeah definitely boffy kind of way just in a like that's the sensibilities yeah and they definitely keep the comedy rolling just throughout the whole movie because tony is so sarcastic and quick remember when he's handcuffed and he's running away and there's this guy like just hiding behind a car clinging to a christmas tree and tony just looks at him he's like crazy stuff huh and the (laughs) guy's just like yep (laughs) he's like a drunk or passed out on the floor no he's just he's just trying to hide because people are getting killed oh that makes more (laughs) sense too (laughs) i think this scene maybe went over my head a little bit you're getting some more water (laughs) um so yeah so then he gets away from them he gets a car he starts driving what home is that his intent I don't know where he was. He's so, he's, but he has he, he the car he takes are the bad guys' car, so they have files in the car. So he starts looking at the files uh-huh. of of these bombers, and um, he, at the same time he calls War Machine and is asking him questions about his password, so he can hack into the main exterminator drive. Is it because he needs names or something? I you know something. Well, he realizes. Why yeah, does anyone have? I'm not going to get too far into that stuff. Just watch the movie for the detective <laughs> stuff. Anyway, the meanwhile during all of this, the kid is working on a suit, trying to get it back to life. Yeah, um, doing a pretty good job at it too. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Then. Uh. It's, <laughs> we like like this movie so much, but there's just like not a well, ton no, to it's say. Just, it's just like how much on a podcast do we just recap every event, or do we just kind of skip ahead and and skip? Because hopefully they've seen the movie. I say or, let's skip ahead. Let's just you know he spends time there. There's a funny scene with a. Uh, oh, you're starting to recap everything. No, I am, but the, well, okay. This I'll I'll bring it to something that's more interesting than recap. Uh, there's a scene where Tony has to use this satellite on a cable car um the newscasting and the guy walks in and he's like oh my god oh, adam pally yeah you're you're iron man and he and he shows him a tattoo that he has of tony stark and then his facial hairs and his hair is like tony stark. yeah he's like i've shaped my whole look after you and and once again that kind of like the iron patriot mm-hmm. um thing i was talking about earlier that's another thing that like grounds it Yes. Because of course he'd be a celebrity. Yes. And and there would be people who'd live in Tennessee who'd be like, I'm going to be like Iron Man. Like yes. I got this cool goatee like him. I got a tattoo of him. Like he's everything. So that kind of stuff is very cool. I love yes. that kind of stuff. I, I love it too. It's it's great. Um, while Tony Stark is in this town and all this stuff's going on, Gwyneth Paltrow and Rebecca Hall get kidnapped by Guy Pierce. Yeah. Fast forward to what's going on there. Gwyneth Paltrow is being injected with the fired serum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else it's called. Yeah. Rebecca Hall is now working again for Guy Pierce because originally she was trying to like tell Tony all because she works for him. Uh-huh. So she's like, he's bad. I want to help Tony. I want to help the good guys. Yeah. Now that she's captured though, she has to continue to work for the bad guys and she's justifying it in terms of like, this is like my life's research 
and the only person willing to fund it was the bad guy. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, at what cost? Because now your research is killing people. And she's even claiming when Tony's captured and they're having a conversation, she's like, I can leave at any time. Which isn't true because Guy Pierce kidnapped her back. Yeah. I know he also meant to kidnap Gwyneth too, but um, it's an interesting dialogue that they have mm-hmm. where it's like, sure, she might be able to walk off the property for a little bit, but she can't just like leave, leave. Right. Guy Pierce needs her. Right. Um, but then he kills her. So he, I guess he doesn't need her. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> But, but let's okay. yeah we did skip it we're getting though. we're getting into the weeds on the plot um but what i want to talk about the 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 linchpin of this movie is the scene where iron man breaks into mandarin's uh compound and of course again the fans are sitting in the theater and they're going this is here it. we go this is mandarin oh my gosh can't wait and he comes in and there's this odd man who has a cockney accent that is the man on the screen and he's like oh wh- wh- what's going on uh oh, i don't know and you find out <laughs> that this big bad guy is an actor named trevor <laughs> and he he got hired to just be a front and he's not he's a dr- he was Mandarin. like an actor drug addict and tony's like oh so they said they would like clean you up if for this job and he's like no they said they'd give me more <laughs> and the scene is hilarious yeah and i remember when i saw it I just thought it was hilarious. Like, I such a great it. scene. I loved it. But then when I left the theater, like, hearing the overall, uh-huh. like, reaction, people were like, I hate this movie. That's the worst Iron Man movie. It sucks. They ruined Mandarin. And my my argument, as someone who doesn't read the comics, so I, of course, had no preconceived notion, no idea who the Mandarin is. You basically could have just told me that they made up this character for this story. Uh-huh. Um, I love it because it goes against superhero like Yeah, it's like a fresh thing. Yes. It felt very fresh and it was like a it was it like still opening feels your fresh eyes. watching yeah. it again. And the to the to the person that's like they gotta stick to the comics. I do think you have to do that, but guess what, everybody? It's an adaption. It's not supposed to be the comic book. Mm-hmm. And so they never claimed I that they're doing it's exactly. Cool. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why this movie stands apart from the rest in a really cool, interesting way. Um, but then I, I got to dig into this now. Can I say one thing first? Yes. Uh, the interesting thing, like Guy Pierce's whole monologue about like his, he's like, why be the face of terror when you can get someone else to do it? Put it yeah, on, put yeah, it on yeah. someone else. He's like, that way I don't have to deal with it. He's kind of looking at it even as from like maybe a business standpoint. Yeah. Just like, I don't have cool. to deal with that now. I just manage it. Yeah. That way I can focus on the actual work, which is his exploding people bombing research stuff. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so this leads to, in the from 2011 to 2014, Marvel did these short films with like good production design, the real actors, live action, all that stuff. And they were called uh, Marvel One Shots. So um, there's one, there's a couple about like Agent Coulson doing shield stuff but then there's one that, where did they air this uh they were on the dvds oh so then there was one that came out on the thor of the dark world dvd in 2014 called all hail the king and in it trevor's in prison mr ben kingsley and he's being interviewed by scoop mcnary the the guy from uh, mm-hmm. true detective and mm-hmm. uh, countless other things and uh 
the whole thing, according to Shane Black, now, so it was directed and written by Drew Pierce, who's one of the writers mm-hmm. of this movie. Shane Black, I saw an interview where he was like, so a lot of people didn't like the Mandarin twist, so Marvel made this whole movie to make up for that. This whole Marvel one-shot thing. Okay. Drew Pierce was like, I had the idea in production and I liked the idea. Okay. But it is, it, I watched it today. It's like 14 minutes. But in it, they're interviewing, Scoot McNary's interviewing uh, Ben Kingsley. Like, uh, and he's kind of like, why would you impersonate Mandarin? Why would you do all this and stuff? And basically, he they go through a lot of legwork to be like, you know that Mandarin is a real person, right? And he's actually out there. So it it is kind of cool because they're like they're like you are gonna get that arch nemesis, but at the same time it's a little bit like you kind of erased a lot of what you just did, right? Right, and and it, it does work the way they the way they did it it does work. But there's a couple of comments that they say that are very like it's just saying like because Ben Ben Kingsley he says something like oh you know or uh, Scoot McNary says um. Uh, you know, people reacted very poorly to you portraying Mandarin. And then he says, yeah, like online trolls and stuff like that oh, all brother. really get at an actor who's really into this a role. It's not subtle at all. Yeah, it's so not very subtle. And then you find out that uh, Scoot is like a part of the, the Mandarin scheme and he like shoots everybody. I'm done talking about this. Well, no, I think it's just interesting. Okay. That um, it's part it's part of the series. It's it's interesting that they would go to that much trouble because like people freaked out over this that much. I just yeah. want to put that into perspective. Yeah. And then Kevin Feige recently in April he confirmed that Mandarin is going to be a part of the future of Marvel, but he didn't say like in TV or movies or what. Okay. Anyway, all of that to say, I just think that that's really fascinating that people could get. You know, it plays into that culture, you know, of like making petitions to remake Game of Thrones or making petitions to remake Last Jedi. Like people get that upset and then you kind of force something that's kind of contrived. I trust that Marvel will do it well, yeah. but but it is a little like, just accept that it's a cool twist in a movie. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> well, so let's just skip ahead. You know, they got to save the president. They got to have a big final battle. Guy Pierce shoots fire out of his mouth, which I did not like. Oh, bad. Very bad. The cool thing, the fights, the big end showdown battle, pretty long like usual. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is Tony calls all of his Iron Man suits yeah. to aid them, which I think was really, really cool. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. So they're fighting all of the fire people, and then throughout all of it, uh, Pepper f- falls into a fiery pit. Yeah. Because Tony can't save her in time. And then eventually, as you would guess, uh, <laughs> Tony explodes, Guy Pierce, and you're like, oh, he's gone. Then he, Tony like falls to the, to the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, Guy Pierce is back. Oh, shocker. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Tony's kind of like at his wits end. He doesn't really have any fight left in him or just like materials yeah. to fight with. And then uh, Gwyneth Paltrow comes out of the fire. Her clothes aren't burned off. That doesn't make sense. 
Well, none of the other people's clothes burned off. I know, so. and I understand. Why I understand people, people, listeners. It's PG thirteen. I understand why, and it's not. I, I guess apparently it was worth enough for me to mention it, but it's really not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> but so she kills Guy Pierce. Yeah. Um, because she was injected with the the fire serum <laughs> stuff, <Yeah. laughs> she that's why she didn't die. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but later on, Tony fixes her. Yeah. Off screen, he Off just screen. he just says a comment about being able to do it. He shows up to his old decrepit house, and he says, "Well, they get the metal out of his heart." Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're able to fix the shrapnel, and then he's like, the, the, "It's interesting because they could have fixed it the whole time." Yeah. But remember, he chose not to because, like, this is who I am now. Yeah. But it's almost as if that that like thing that was trying to kill his heart was defining him. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's like he wouldn't let the that hardcore thing define him any longer. Yeah. And he's getting rid of it. And then he says, but one thing's for sure, without, even without that, all that other stuff, I am Iron Man. And the movie ends. So great. I love that ending. Very, very cool. It's um, so, so now we've covered the movie very thoroughly, might I add, mm-hmm. listener. Now let's dig into the two the series as a whole um so one tracking his character arc so iron man is the star of three of the movies and so i i was kind of thinking it through and throwing your opinions in iron man one he's an egotistical man uh uh who uh you know there's the weapons element and stuff that you already covered but he by the end of the movie he finds value and control in his work Mm mm-hmm and then in Iron Man 2, he still finds value and control in his work, but he also learns to trust and value and and give his control to other people. Um, also honoring his father's legacy. Yes. Like, like embracing yes, his family, true. which he in the past couldn't. Yes. Yes. Um, and then in this one, it kind of comes full circle because he's been such an egotistical character, but in this one, he is finally able to go to find his value and control, not in his work, but in himself and in a, in the way of like, I accept who I am. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a suit to be yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, and that's a, a good, that's good writing, people. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which, out of the three, like, what's your ranking? Um, I've been thinking a lot about one and two again. And I we really liked two, but I think I might go uh, two at the bottom. Look, Micah, Sam Rockwell was in the movie. I know, I know. It's an easy, it's an easy tr- choice. Yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, it's just I remember there was some. I re-listened to our Iron Man two episode, and it was, yeah, it is pretty. It's three cool. two one. It is three two one. I guess it's it's hard to stand steady because people really hate Iron Man two. That one that one gets a lot of. Flack. Your opinion doesn't have to be everyone else's. I know, Micah. I know, I know. But I'm trying to, yeah. You're right, but three is the best. Yes. I That I will stand on, and I think I'll say this as well. If you just add in the seven movies, Iron Man 3 is my favorite pretty easily above above the for, the phase one movies. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. And we're going to have updated rankings as we go, people, but I know at the end of the Avengers episode, I said my favorite was Iron Man. Or Iron Man 2, Iron I think. Iron Man 2, I think, was both of ours. But the one that's sitting with me so well is Captain America. I think that one goes up to one for funny, me on phase one. 
Fun, just funny enough. You know, it's so interesting so far. And I think, I don't know. I just like hated Marvel for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And what I, a waste, right? <laughs> well, I, but I still see all, I saw most of the movies still. I still yeah. would see them because that's what you do. You go see a Marvel movie. So far, the only one I really, truly dislike is uh, Thor. And Incredible Hulk. Oh, I forgot that was a movie. Yeah. I thought we weren't considering it anymore, <laughs> but it, it's just as Thor. It's like, I, if I would probably rewatch all of the other ones. I don't know about Avengers. That one's pretty boring, but like, it's still interesting and exciting because yeah. it's the first time they're all together. But like, I was expecting this to just be like such a grueling thing that we were going to go through. Yeah, me too. And so far it's, it's been, uh, very nice. It's been pretty fun. Yeah, I thought we'd be pretty burned out, especially because in between doing Phase 1 and Phase 2, we we saw Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And I saw it twice. And and there's just there's so many superhero movies. But again, this one pr- provides like a totally fresh take on the character. It's a detective story. Uh, it's really funny and quippy. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are funny, but this one has that like snappy, like well-written humor. Yes. Um. And, you know, I, I don't dig the final scene too much, but I'm not going to really count that against the movie. No, it's like it's like the same thing with the fire people effects. It's just like, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. It's just, you're going to get that. And we can expect better, but, I mean, we got to accept what we have, you know. Amen. Um, but, okay, so we agree on that, on the Iron Man stuff. Um, so I think, again, because it's such a weird series, because they're series within series... I I think that uh, it would be hard to watch this movie without Avengers. Do you agree? Yeah, because of all of the anxiety and stuff. Yeah, I think you'd have to, if you wanted to just watch Iron Man, you'd have to go one, two, Avengers three. I, I think so too. But And then Avengers would be very confusing because you wouldn't know Captain or Thor. You could get away without Thor, but still. I, you would still enjoy it though. But um, yeah, now we're starting to get into where it's like, it's complicated. It's getting more and more complicated. And if you miss certain movies, you might be a little yeah. behind the eight ball here. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Next I, is Winter Soldier. Next is uh, Thor the Dark World. Oh, brother. So we said all that about really liking Marvel, but this one is easily either my second to the bottom or my bottom. It's between Ant-Man and this movie. So... I don't know which one it's going to be. And I've avoided my so long to have watched this movie, and I never thought I would have a reason to watch it. And you've never seen Thor. I'm telling you, Dark I World. never thought I would have a reason to watch <laughs> it, and I've been avoiding this movie. Yeah. Now I have to watch it. The The only hope I'm clinging to, because I, I remember watching this movie, I, was, I wanted to see Civil War, and I was behind like four movies. So I was like, okay, I've got to watch these movies. And I watched oh, Thor The Dark World, and I was by myself. And I remember kind of out, like getting up and getting food and and uh, saying to myself out loud, like, oh, there's, oh, oh, just that the whole time, just moaning and shrugging. Um, but the thing I'm clinging hope to is that in, uh, and spoil from here on out in this podcast, spoilers for Avengers Endgame, because we've seen it now. Uh in Avengers Endgame when Thor and Rocket go back in time. They go back to Thor the Dark World. So I'm hoping that that will help me like this movie more. I okay. don't know if it will, but I think it's a possibility. Okay. Um, anything else? 
thanks for listening and probably trying to sparse together everything we've been saying the whole time. And I if you're lost, that's okay. Well, I would thank you for listening because we did a great job. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, rate, review, and subscribe, please. Uh, let's get a let's get some more. All you have to do is press that five star. Wait, wait, this podcast is like Pokemon. We're trying to catch them all. Yeah, listeners, <laughs> that is. Bye. Ooh.